0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Draczynski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. And Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello. So, uh, we have a big election coming up. We do? Yeah. Oh, really? I've, I've heard. Is it for dog catcher? Yes, yeah, something like that. But we're <laughs> some might think so, <laughs> uh, how true that might be. But um, uh, everyone knows about the election. And also, everyone knows that there's this standard disclaimer that you hear whenever anybody in Catholic radio or any priest or deacon that's given a homily we're says not telling you who to We vote cannot for. tell you who to vote for. So I've just, I'm just—I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and I'm actually going to tell you who to vote for. All right, here we go. I, I'm just going to—I'm going to eschew all of the safeguards, and I'll probably get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do it until the end of the show. Oh. So you got to get all the way to the end of the show, and That's then I'm going like to tell you
0: cliffhanger of cliffhangers. I'm
1: going to tell you how to vote in the 2020 presidential election. So anyway, y'all just park that, hold on to it, um, and uh, and then I'm going to break all the rules. We're going to lose our tax exempt status, and everything's going to go out the window because I'm going to I'm going to break those rules. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's the what's that's to look forward to. So in about you know twenty something minutes, uh, that, that will ha- buckle up. Um, I hope that they don't pull the plug before we get there. You know that little silence button they hit in the control room. Yep. Boop. Sorry. And there'll be some like elevator music. Thanks for listening to the
0: Catholic Cafe
1: the catholic cafe is no longer available on this or any other station. Um no, so uh but what leads us to this? How do we how do we get to this topic and why are we talking about this? And I, I was I always am amazed. I shouldn't be amazed, but I am amazed in, in a in a profound profoundly divine way uh, uh how God works in the world and how scripture speaks uh to us even today, 2000 years later. But this uh, reading from the Gospel, according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, uh, is profound, and that's, this is our Sunday reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Now, my first like thought about this, first thing I always notice right off the bat is how, again, we've mentioned a couple times, if you give Jesus an A or B, he gives you C, oh, yeah. Right. Right. So in this situation, it's like, which is the greatest? And Jesus <laughs> gives you like the two for one. Right. Right. It's You, you get two commandments. And what's important about this is, you know, I, I've talked about this many times, and you, you can probably get from this particular um, answer that Jesus gives how important and why that's important that, first of all, love God, but the second is like it. That doesn't mean it's less than it, Right. and that's to you love your neighbor as yourself. And so you look at the two of those, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, what Jesus is saying is you cannot love God and not love your neighbor, right? You, it's impossible, and you can't truly love your neighbor unless you love God and understand the big picture. And so those two commandments go together, right? They're inseparable. So it's really one big commandment. But so, And that, in a nutshell, is what that's kind of about. Maybe that's what people will preach on this weekend if you're listening to the homily at Mass. But, um, but I, I think we should focus a little bit on this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. Cause that's not exactly easy to do, and that's what made me think about the election. It's what made me think about the state of the nation. Because let's Very define. Let's, let's define neighbor.
0: Well, if mean, you define it in terms of politics, it's uh, whoever's the opposite end of the spectrum. Well,
1: I get it, but like, but what is a neighbor? I mean, what does that word mean? Where does it come from? And what is it? If I'm pointing at somebody, it's your fellow man, it's well, it's whoever's hanging around. It's whoever's around you, right? Right. I mean I've got next door neighbors. We're
0: neighbors right now.
1: Uh, exactly right. We're at the in the luxurious corner booth. Hazel,
0: our waitress, she's is, a neighbor. Is
1: is a neighbor. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and so I, I think about those people love that person who is near me. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily proximity-wise, but like if in America, I mean we're all neighbors. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now that's an extra specially big impossible challenge. <laughs> It really is because now we're we're called to love our neighbor. We're called to love everyone around us as ourselves. I think we're kind of failing at that.
0: You think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can take that another step. Uh, A uh, a person who's very close to us here in our diocese uh, gave a talk to young adults uh, a few years ago, and he challenged them and said, "I want you to guys think of who do you who's think of somebody in your life that you just can't stand." It could be someone in your life. It could be someone who's some person on TV that you don't even necessarily know. But whenever you see them or hear their voice, they make your skin crawl. They set your teeth on edge. They drive you nuts. Just everything about them drives you nuts. Do you have that person? Does everybody have that person in mind? Everyone raises their hand and says, okay, the amount that you love that person, that's how much you love God.
1: Ooh! See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's why that's a challenge.
0: Well, how can you love the, the 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 God that you can't see if you can't love the brother that you can see or the sister? Yeah.
1: No, I I, I get that, and wow. and uh, and so that's the stuff where we look around in uh um in our neighborhoods, in our nation, uh, in our cities. We look uh in our in our our workplaces. We even look in our church, and we see polar opposites. Mm-hmm. I mean, I i I will say i I believe that that this time in our nation is arguably the most divided we've ever been I, I think we're more divided now than when north and South were divided really I do i do i i, I and and the reason really? the reason I say that is you can get into all the reasons, and I'm not saying that north and South didn't have a bad, and there wasn't problems going on right right but what I'm saying <laughs> is even in that setting. There, there was um, some semblance of dignity, human dignity, and respect for the other, right? In, in the way that that some, I understand we were at war, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to justify one side or the other because I'm not because those were valid issues that that you know states' rights and slavery. These are terrible things. The, the, the slavery is awful. You know, you can't defend. It's indefensible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but but there were there were like there were codes of conduct that were tried to be adhered to at least and i just think that's all out the window now yeah right you couldn't even you back back then you you might have been able to have a civil discourse and they often did mm-hmm. right even though they were still at war mm-hmm. and, and i guess my my point that's why it's a personal opinion i just think that we're more divided than we've ever been and i think that this is why this particular gospel reading i just think it it sits and echoes in my mind and and it it convicts me Right, Because I think of the buffoons and the idiots that are on the other side of whatever spectrum I happen to be on. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, it's like, and I know I'm I'm being facetious, and and it sounds very judgmental. But the point is, as I see people as like, that that person's an idiot. I happened to be in a restaurant last night with my kids. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy sitting there talking to a couple of folks. And he was one of those kind of people in a restaurant where they talk loud. Mm -hmm. They don't kind of care what anybody else is saying, but he was going on and on and on about who he was going to vote for or who he wasn't going to vote for, and and his reasoning uh, was, well, it was just not the smartest reasoning. Hmm. You know, he's like, well, you know, in twenty sixteen, I'm trying not to have a southern accent because my wife says every time that I speak disrespectfully about somebody, I give him a southern accent. (laughs) In 2016, you know. No, but anyway, he, he was saying 2016, he had a choice. He could either vote for uh, a crazy person or a crook. And so he went with the crook. Because all politicians are crooks. You know? oh my and I'm gosh. thinking... Is this who we give the right to vote to? It, and is. It, it actually made me think, like, well, should we all have that right to vote? And again, I, I'm not—I don't want to challenge those kind of things. That—that's—that kind of—that's a—that's a sacred part of our nation, this this right to vote and all that. And I'm not challenging that at all. But I am saying it calls into to question, like, our ability: Are we making informed decisions? Are we well-formed decisions? Are we making prayerful decision, decisions, or are we making goofy decisions and I've made plenty of goofy decisions in my life I, I, I freely admit that but it made me but but I started thinking ill thoughts and I remember saying a couple things to my kids and my daughter god lover Emma who's a uh, uh, junior in high school was quick to point out dad my
0: goddaughter, by the way
1: that's right you'd be proud of her dad that's I'm not proud of Emma. that's not very deacon-like of you
0: Good for you, Emma. Mm. So so it's like, you
1: That's know, my goddaughter right there. I know. <laughs> I know, because I was saying things, I started to go down a path, and it's like she's catching me, and I'm thinking, like, you know what, you're right. Why she is, is right it right. that I'm going down this path where I'm starting to hate my neighbor? Well, even if he is a buffoon. I don't know if he is or not. He probably is a great, decent right. guy. Right. He might have a higher college degree than I do. You know, his reasoning didn't it didn't satisfy me. And I actually think it was kind of goofy. But the point is who am I to judge that? Right. What 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 put me on this thing? And, that, and that's why this this gospel reading challenges me to such a great degree.
0: You know, one thing that uh, comes to mind is a word that you used in your presentation uh-huh. just there. Well, no, actually, <laughs> sacred. Sacredness. Oh, yes. And I think it's fair to say that we've seen a loss of sacredness over the past, uh, you know, 50, 70, 100 years uh, progressively. And you can point to different Things. I know Archbishop Fulton Sheen, uh, he gave a talk where he thought he his position was that the the dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki erased all sense of boundaries and put us on a dangerous course as a nation. Others can point, obviously, to uh, the sexual revolution. We can point to things like Watergate, where that was a, a moment that shattered a lot of people's mm-hmm. views on um, what was sacred within the context of the government or the Clinton scandal in, in the 1990s with Monica Lewinsky. Um, there's plenty of stuff that happened after that as well. And I think that a growing level of cynicism and a loss of the sense of the sacred generally has happened. And I think it's very fair to say, uh, both from a Catholic and a secular perspective, that there's also just the sacredness of the human person uh, has also been lost. Right,
1: um, And I will agree with that 100%. And, but I think my problem here is that I'm putting that on them. I'm saying they don't believe in human dignity right. when at the same time I'm actually challenged. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm demeaning them right. by putting them in a category. There's an us versus them mm-hmm. yeah.
0: thing, thing that has, has infected our thinking right? to where we're not a lot, able to look upon ourselves and, and really check ourselves on where ways where we might have failed to hold the other sacred. You know, we've maybe focused on uh, the speck in our brother's eyes too much, to remove the beam from our own, and maybe that's become a stumbling block in our ability to love our neighbor as ourselves. Hopefully, you got a list of how we can overcome that.
1: Right oh, there. We, oh, we're gonna have a list, yeah. We always got a list, need yeah. That. We got a list, but we're not gonna get to it now. And remember, I told you at the end of the show, I'm gonna tell you how to vote, yeah, in the 2020 election. Can't so, wait. yeah, that's coming. Uh, but I anyway, we, but before we come to that part of the program, we do have to take a break. Uh, and uh, speaking of sacred, we have to uh, you know, <laughs> let my wife talk. Uh, and, and, and do a wonderful saint moment. Uh, and anyway, uh, we're going to take a break. And before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
0: And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. <laughs> Brought to you by Ovaltine. I'm just kidding. Where it's not.
1: With that, we'll be right back.
2: I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. Throughout history, Catholics have contributed greatly to the development of society, promoting government based upon justice and the dignity of the human person. One prime example of a great church statesman was Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Born in 1150 in Lincolnshire, England, Stephen studied theology in Paris. His piety and love of God won him the respect of other clerics, including the future Pope Innocent III. He was elevated to Archbishop of Canterbury in 1207. At that time in church history, the books of the Bible were not subdivided. Typically written in scrolls, the only separation would be a space at the end of each line of sacred text. Archbishop Langton divided the books of the Bible into chapters so they could be more easily referenced and studied. These chapter divisions are the ones still used today. With a strong personal devotion to the Holy Spirit, Archbishop Langton is also credited with authoring the prayer, Vini Spiritus Sanctus, or Come Holy Spirit, which is often part of the liturgy at Pentecost. This love of the Scriptures and devotion to the Holy Spirit guided Archbishop Langton to have a profound impact upon the development of human rights. At that time in England, there was a great political crisis as the reigning King John had rescinded several of the rights granted to barons by his predecessor, King Henry I. Archbishop Langton led a group of barons in a struggle against the King. Furious with the Archbishop's actions, the King declared anyone who followed the Archbishop a public enemy. But the clergy of England, as well as the Pope, were fully supportive of Archbishop Langton. Several negotiations occurred among the parties to try and secure the rights of barons against the King. Ultimately, in 1215, Archbishop Langton led a council of churchmen in Westminster, which drafted the Magna Carta, the first great statement of individual liberties which was ultimately signed by King John. This great statement of rights is the forerunner of other codifications of rights, including the Bill of Rights, which is part of the American Constitution. Archbishop Langton should serve as an example to Catholics in our modern day to study the Scriptures, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and stand up to oppressive governments to protect the rights of all persons. I'm Bess Zimski. And this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And welcome back to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, not sponsored by Oval Team. <laughs> I was forced to say that by our production group. We are not sponsored in any way affiliated with Ovaltine Ovaltine products or anything. However, we do highly recommend Ovaltine. It is
0: good stuff. <laughs> chocolatey
1: good what is it? What is there rich, rich chocolatey, chocolatey Ovaltine. Ovaltine. yes. Yeah, so, so we're we, not
0: gonna be giving out any sort of little orphananny decoder rings to our no, listeners? No, We do
1: have Catholic decoder rings because to be a good Catholic you've gotta have the secret decoder ring. <laughs> There's nothing like a little Gnosticism to to brighten your day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for all you folks that'd be listening. A great t-shirt? <laughs> no, it would not be. We're trying so to would. attract listeners, Tom. We're not trying to run them oh, off. No, that'd be great. Anyway, we're talking about Jesus and this idea that we love God with all our hearts, minds, souls, etc., and then also love our neighbors ourselves, and and that's not easy. No, no, you know. And so, uh, so, uh, so, how is it that we can love our neighbors ourselves? I mean, especially in this these divided times. I mean, I just. Pray. Okay, so Tom says pray.
0: Seriously, when I, the the you describe the person that we uh, don't like the most, you know, picture that person. I pray for that yeah. person all the time.
1: Do all you all the time? Yeah, now
0: me. It's very, <laughs> it's very, very difficult to do.
1: But do you find that uh, like if you uh, if you told that person I'm praying for you, wouldn't, wouldn't people you people use that as a as a uh, weapon, don't they? <laughs>
0: yeah, they. Do. I'm going
1: to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. It's like it, it puts you like on this like self inflated holier than thou play well, sometimes Well what happens
0: actually is if you tell the spouse right. I'm praying <laughs> okay. I'm praying for you. See praying. Praying. actually <laughs> I yell that in traffic instead of giving the finger, you know. That's what I that's my that's move. That's good. That's I'm good. good. good.
1: <laughs> that's very good. very good. Well, so uh, but but so so prayer is a powerful thing. It really is. And and uh we don't often uh I I you know there's this whole thing Uh, when you were younger and you got mad or whatever, you get ready to say something. I know your parents probably taught you count to three Mm -hmm. before you say anything. It's even more powerful if you count to three, but while you're counting to three, you're praying. Right. As you get older.
0: mm -hmm. Well, also, are we praying just that God changes them? Are we also inviting God to change our hearts toward them? Because that's... But the other thing, too, is when you're praying, your heart does change Yeah, It affects you. you. You don't even know it affects you. That's true.
1: Well, I mean, you don't want to be like the publican, you know. Lord, thank you that I'm not like that sinner right, over no, there. I don't do that. Right. I know you're not doing that, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I get that. You're, and, and so, so, but prayer is a powerful way to heal right. differences and wounds. And I, I think in, in that situation, you, I'm thinking like you might be thinking, are, are probably praying as much for yourself and your inability to tolerate said person. Right, Lord, help me to deal with this. I don't I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, they make me so stinking mad. Yeah. I I, yeah. I I, just think about, uh, you know, there are certain, like, I, I, every once in a while, I just have to tune out all the the clutter. I have to tune out the news programs. I have to tune out the commentaries. I have to tune out the social media. I have to totally. tune it out because it makes me mad. It does. And it's like, I get that, but I have, so I have to pray for patience. I have to pray for... Uh, my recognition of the other as a human being. right?
0: Well, it's pretty serious, by the way, not just for that person, but also for you, because I've heard a priest say that you're really pushing the boundaries of of what could be called grave matter if you're not able to greet a person when you see them, when there's an inability to just give that basic acknowledgement of their existence and Mm -hmm. just a hello your soul's in trouble. That's not okay. That's something right. to work through and pay attention to and to take into the confessional. Hmm. Um, which I I think all of us probably find that convicting because all of us at different periods in our lives have had that sort of moment where it's tough to greet a person. Yeah. Um, another thing that comes to mind, I think that is folded into this, when we think about personhood, I think a lot of us forget the fact that each person has their own frame of reference, their own set of memories. They're wired differently. Mm-hmm. They they have their own their CPU, history. their own history, the way they process things, their own set of wounds, everything. Their set of relationships. They bring that to you and they're processing you through that. And you don't have access to how they're processing you. And you're processing them, but you really, no matter how hard we try, we can never fully, I heard there's a, there's a philosopher who said something very clever. They, were, they asked, what's the limit of science? And they said, uh, science is most certainly not able to tell you what it's like to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think there's more limits to science than that, but I think that's an important uh, statement of just sort of that reality. If it, we're, there, we're, there's a natural limit as to how much we can actually see things through another person's eyes yeah. and, and process it. And if we don't have the humility to acknowledge that, Mm-hmm. Then we're not going to have a starting point to be able to relate to that person, mm-hmm. uh, and to ask them to open up and help us fill in those blanks and help draw us into an understanding of what we don't naturally have an understanding of.
1: I think that was Bill Nye, the Science Guy, that actually came up with. That. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. A great philosopher of our times, but. <laughs> Um, I got so, a hundo. Says it wasn't. You <laughs> think you're? I think you're right. You save your Benjamin because yeah. you're, you're not taking it. No, because uh. it's because you'd win. I have to save my Benjamin. So, um, so we we live in a divided world. I uh, I know that like all the folks listening right now love God. I mean, I I I know that you there's a sense of the awareness of God and that you desire uh, to love God to to do the best that you can, et cetera, and all these things. And so what Jesus is saying is you've, you've got to love your neighbor to truly love God. And that's going to be hard for us. But we, we have to strive. We have to endeavor to do that. And if that's what is going to be, you know, we're, we're not far from January and New Year's resolutions. If that's going to be something we have to work on, that's something we need to work on. And that's the only way, by the way, our country gets healed that's in true. the midst of the turmoil of, of this election. That's true. And speaking of elections, I'm sure there are people saying, okay, pony up. How do I vote in the 2020 election? Right, and so now I'm going to break all the laws, all the rules, all the uh, tax exempt stat, all that stuff out, the, out out the window.
0: Man, Ziggy, he's building this up. <laughs> We're gonna have to. We will have to fight for that old teen sponsorship. <laughs> That's exactly right. They'll
1: be the only ones that, but they, they'll drop us too. <laughs> they will drop us like a hot potato. So, how how to vote in the 2020 presidential election? It's it's, it's there's ten things here. So, number one, vote with a well formed conscience. Do you see where I'm going with this?
0: Captain Obvious, here we go.
1: Number two, vote with a clear conscience. In other words, go to confession. Number three, vote with a holy demeanor. In other words, prayerfully. Tom, you talked about prayerfulness in this. Number four, vote with the doctrines and the teachings of the church. Number five, vote with a heart filled with love. Number six, vote with a heart filled with hope. Number seven, vote with a heart informed by the Gospels. Number eight, vote for justice and peace. Number nine, vote for truth. Number ten, vote for love and mercy. So, so, how to vote in the twenty twenty election? Now, you probably thought I was going to be a lot of write ins. No, (laughs) (laughs) for Tom's hair. (laughs) Well, if if you had to put a name to all that, you'd put Jesus. Amen. I mean, Jesus twenty twenty. That's what we're saying essentially. And 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 I I know people were thinking like, is he actually going to tell us a candidate or a party? No, I'm not, because I don't think there's a perfect candidate or a perfect party and 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 the reality is we need to vote with those things I'll rattle them off again with a well-formed conscience with a with a clear conscience Um, with with a holy demeanor, with the doctrines and teachings of the church, with a heart filled with love, with a heart filled with hope, with a heart informed by the Gospels, with for justice and peace. Vote for truth. Vote for uh, love and mercy. I mean, that's how things change. That's how things get better. That's how conversations are had, discourses takes place. That's how we take care of the the immigrant, how we take care of the unborn, how we take care of all of these problems and issues that we have in the world. This is how we bring equity and peace and justice and happiness and opportunity for everyone is we essentially vote for Jesus we vote with Jesus we we vote the gospels we vote the truth we vote love we vote mercy that's the answer and I know and I will tell you the, the savior is not a member of a political party right and 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 that's the most important thing we can remember when we step into the voting booth we should vote we need to vote we're called to vote and to be active um, in in forming our our government that's one of the beautiful gifts we have as a nation so don't be like that guy that just kind of like picks some random folks or has goofy reasons why you voted for this or for that but search pray discern ask God ask the Holy Spirit to move your finger and, and I think things will work out uh, for the best. And I realize that things aren't always going to go the way we want them to go. Pray that we we find them to be the way that God wants them to go. Pray for God's will uh, for our nation, for God's will in this election. Pray for God's will. Pray for God to be present to this nation. That's the most important stuff that we can do. That's the stuff that each of us is called to do as, as a Christian. And so as a baptized Catholic, we need to vote a, a, a clear Solid Well formed Catholic conscience That's what we need to have Right And I'll be honest with you I don't have to tell you Who to vote for You already know Deep down inside You know Who you need to vote for And how you need to vote And that's what God Is calling you to do And to know And if you're not sure What to do Ask mama <laughs> Right Just ask the, the Blessed mother To be with you In the voting booth Amen And so let's let's ask For her intercession For our nation And for this election Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our
0: death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes